Welcome to the Sarah Centrella Show. Join best-selling author, master life coach, and manifesting expert Sarah Centrella as she shares tips, tools, and inspiring interviews to help you create your dream life. It's time to hustle and thrive. Now, here's your host, Sarah Centrella. All right, everybody, welcome to the show. It is time to hustle and thrive. And y'all, I have the queen, I have the queen here. Mm -hmm. I'm so excited to introduce um, all of you to my good friend, Lori Harder, um, who is such a badass. I'm so uh, grateful for her friendship and um, for kind of the bond that we've built over the last two years since we initially connected when I was on her amazing podcast, Top Rated Podcast. Um, earn your happy. If you aren't subscribed to it, please go do that. Uh, but Lori is a best-selling author. Her book, um, A Tribe Called Bliss, we're going to get into that today, um, as well as, like I said, a top podcaster, keynote speaker, just general, general. complete badass um, fitness expert, and on and on. So Lori, welcome to the show. So excited to have you here. Sarah, you have a podcast. <laughs> I am so excited. I'm so excited. I am so excited. We were just chatting before uh, before we started about, you know what? I'm going to be really honest. I let fear stop me from doing mm -hmm. something that I knew I wanted to do for the last two years just because it was technically a bitch. <laughs> uh, yeah. But here we oh, are. So, you. you know? I'm sure you can can relate to having fear come in, uh, Lori, and make you want to be like, do I really want to do that? But when we do, we do, right? So oh, welcome. I record every two. Same thing, girlfriend. Thank you so much for having me on your show. This is so much fun. I know you're going to love it. Like, it's an obsession of mine. But I will tell you, like, just to go off of that, I record every Tuesday. And every Tuesday, I'm super resistant because, mm -hmm. number one, it's like I'm talking to new people all the time. Right. And I'm... I'm an introverted extrovert. Like I can extrovert, but like the resistance is real. The fear is real. Like I'm like, Oh my God, I don't know this person. They make me yeah. nervous. Like, yeah, it's, uh, I, it's, you know, we either choose fear that makes us get results or we get the fear that just cripples us. So I continue to choose the one that actually moves you forward. Absolutely. You know what? And I'm so inspired by, by you. And the first thing I, I just want to acknowledge and say, especially because this is, really ties into your book, your amazing book, um, is how amazing women I feel like have become. <laughs> I, I feel mm -hmm. like that's the wrong word to say, but you know, like over the last five years, I've felt such a massive shift in women, not just saying I, we support women because that's a good tagline but actually doing it and, mm. and really going out of their way to help each other. And, um, and you have absolutely done that for me when I didn't know you from Adam, you know, you had me on your show. Um, I was lucky enough to go to bliss last year. Um, and then you so graciously came in and spoke at my event uh, that I had last year as well. And it's like, these things I feel like would not have happened 10 years ago. What do you think? Mm -hmm. No, I agree. I think that we are all realizing that it doesn't actually work how we used to think it worked because I know that growing up, a lot of the messages, even in media and, you know, maybe school and family or whatever that was, is it was, it was much less of an abundant mindset, meaning it was more like, if you want it done, you have to do it yourself. It's lonely at the top. Um, women tear you down. Like don't trust women. You know, women are catty. Women are evil. So of course we like 
have our guards up because it's all about, you know, we just thought we were heading out into this world of mean girls. So especially if you had never experienced like a really good, you know, tribe of women or great friends, it's like, well, of course this is what we're seeing. And we search for the story that we've been told to gather evidence. So, you know, that's what I thought. And that's what I gathered evidence for my entire life until I was like, man, this shit is lonely. Like, this this is awful. This is awful. Yeah. Like, and also maybe I'm not the only one that feels like that. Right. Because yes, you know, I think there was even if I looked 10 years ago when I first started blogging, it was definitely like, oh, there can only be three of us in this space. Like, what? That's insane. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, guys would never say that. <laughs> like, hey, I'm going to do it anyway. Um, so before we get too into some of these amazing tips and tools that you're going to uh, share about how we build a tribe, because I think that's so relevant right now, when some of us maybe for the first time are really feeling the isolation um, because as this is recording, we're going through COVID um, and, you know, our lives are different. And so I can't wait to get into that. But before we do, I would love for you to kind of take us back. Um, you've been, you've done a lot of amazing things. You've been on covers of national magazines. Um, you're a multimillionaire, best-selling author. But before all of that started, can you share with us a little bit of your personal backstory and kind of what your hustle uh, was like? Because I'm guessing you didn't start here. (laughs) Mm. Oh my God. I wish that we could all like wear sandwich boards around with like, here's where I started. And here's where I am now. (laughs) This is how long it took. took. It wasn't yesterday. (laughs) Exactly. Um, And yes, freaking like I'm I'm in freaking love with my life, but no, it was not always that way. And I'm so grateful that it wasn't because I can honestly say I'm one of those people that without the universe, like hitting me in the face with a two by four multiple times, I would never have had enough pain to actually mm. move forward into the life that I'm in right now. So I, um, we're going to try to summarize 30 something years, almost 40 something years into two minutes here. Um, <laughs> powerful. It's powerful. I got lucky enough to have uh, dinner with you before my event. And for the first time I learned, you know, your amazing backstory and how hard you, you work to get where you're at. So that's why I was like, you've got to tell the people I want. I want oh my gosh. Thank you. I, and it here, here's why it's so important to hear for the relevance, like what we're about to talk about today um, in connection is because I am from a super small town. I am from upper Michigan. Like most people don't even know that upper Michigan is on the map. They're like Michigan, Detroit. I'm like, no, no, it's above that. It's a completely separate part of the state. It is in the woods. So it's really, really like, very isolated, completely isolated. It's about three hours from anything that anyone would call a city. So with that said, I was also raised in a really restrictive religion where I wasn't allowed to associate with anyone outside of my religion at all. I wasn't allowed to hang out with them. I wasn't allowed to do play dates. Um, And my congregation was pretty darn small. It was like a hundred people and that's who I grew up with. That's what I knew. That's what I thought we were doing. I went door to door. I essentially sold you know, the Bible, um, my entire life, I was homeschooled through high school and I was the queen of like isolation. I was lonely, but I was also became, I told myself the story that I was better off alone because that's the only story that served me at the time. And I know that we all can look at our lives and look at the story that we're telling ourselves right now. We're telling ourselves the one that kind of keeps us surviving this like half life that we're living. And we can tell ourselves a different story. So it wasn't until my uh, 20s, early, early 20s, I moved out right when I was 18 because I was like, 
there was something beating in my heart. Like it started at around 13 or 14. Like I was this epically huge dreamer, which is so crazy because I wasn't even allowed to do other things. Like college wasn't even encouraged. Um, and I just had these massive visions. I didn't even know of what I just saw myself doing something bigger. Like I felt bigger. I would get these like super elevated feelings. I know you guys have had them before. Like when you can see a glimpse of like your highest self, like you know that you're either super funny or you know you're supposed to be a leader or you know you're supposed to be on stage or you know you're supposed to write books or inspire. Um, For me, it started to turn into, I want to be a uh, like a, a fitness mentor for people. I want to be like a, at the time, you know, it was like a Jillian Michaels cause there wasn't much to look at, or I want to be someone on a fitness magazine cover. Cause my family was also, um, really overweight in my whole life. It was like, just wait, just wait, it's coming for you. Um, and that's when I started working out was in my teenage years as well. And I realized, wait, I don't think that this is genetics like everyone is telling me. They're like, no, no, it's, you know, this is the way our family is. This is everybody gains weight. Everybody's um, obese. And I was like, what if it's not that? And that's when I, I was reading fitness magazines as a teenager. And that's kind of where the dreams had started of like, what if I could be this? Like, what if it's not just about genetics? What if it's the decisions? And I learned after reading these girls' stories who were on the cover, I'm like, okay, wait a minute they are not eating the same thing I am and they're not moving their body the same. I'm like, so are you telling me I put together at around 13 or 14 that their decisions were different, which meant they were getting different outcomes. So if I could just do that, my outcome could be different too. Now, what I realized is as much as I tried to eat better and to exercise, which I did, and I did end up getting a lot more fit, my environment was still stronger than my willpower was. Like no matter what, I would always end up going back to something that I didn't want to do or eating something or feeling bad or binge eating or, you know, going back into believing that I was, you know, had anxiety like other people in my family or that, you know, depression was just how we felt. Um, And that's why when I was 18, I was like, okay, let's just change the environment. Let's, let's just leave. I essentially left my entire tribe. Now, this is why this is so big. It's not just like I left and I moved out. It meant that if I wasn't going to be a part of that religion, that I wasn't going to be talking to essentially anyone in that religion. It was like completely starting over into a world that I have never experienced in my life. So you can imagine. (laughs) Like total ostracization. Yes. Right. Yeah. You can imagine what happened when that spring got loose. So I spent the next few years just going absolutely bonkers. Like there's a world Um, out here. (laughs) Oh yeah. It was real ugly. That's a whole other podcast. Um, but I, I came back to fitness. Um, it kept on like saving my life over and over because it was the one thing that brought me back to that feeling of, seeing a vision of my higher self. So that's when in my twenties, I was like, maybe I could be a trainer. Maybe I can help people with this. And that's where my career kind of started is, um, I started helping people work out. I started working in a gym. This was now in my mid to later twenties. But while I was doing this, when Facebook first started in my, my space first started and then Facebook, I was writing messages every day. Like they were these tiny little paragraphs just about like the mindset um, of, you know, either overcoming something or your environment. Like I was coaching myself every day and I didn't realize it. So I was slowly building this group of people who were kind of coming to me for like, they were, let's face it. They were coming for the abs, literally. (laughs) I bait and switched them with what they actually wanted and what they actually wanted to feel and hear. 
um, which was, you know, how do we, how do we solve the root cause of the issue? So I always called it like the great bait and switch. Like, it's like, yeah, you think you want this, but actually I know you want this because even if you got this fit body, like I had that same realization, I got the body, I got the things and it was like, wait a minute, why am I still not happy? Like, yeah, do you feel better? You feel a little better but why am I still feeling so empty? And so much of it was because I'm not connecting with women. I'm totally doing this alone. Um, you know, I, for fear of, um, I think so much of it is like, well, if I get close to people again, what if this happens? And what if I get isolated again? What if I get abandoned? Like I had huge abandonment issues, right? Because it was like, well, if I do something wrong, I could be abandoned again. So that's really where a lot of like, holy crap, what if we did this together came from? And I have a whole lot of stories just around, um, obviously, when I first dabbled in female relationships, but it, it became a passion for me because now they are the thing that literally sustain my life. Like I'm connecting with women a few times a week during um, COVID and it's it's life changing. Like we're we're talking, we're being real, we're holding each other accountable, we're helping each other with our businesses. Like I would not have been able to launch my book. I would not have been able to be so supported. Like Sarah, you were so supportive to have me at your event and um, to again have me on this podcast. Like women are freaking awesome, but you do have to change yeah. your story about them first. Yeah, and the energy that you're putting out too, right? And yeah. I think it's been it's been an amazing time for us as women to live through, you know, I'm 43, right? <laughs> I don't even know how old I am. I'm 43. Um, and it, I feel like it's changed so much in the last five years. Absolutely. Yes. In the last five years. Um, and thank God, because exact same position, I would not be where I'm at right now. If it wasn't through for all the amazing women who have been genuinely open hearted and warm hearted and wanting to, um, you know, help each other out. And that was something I never experienced in my life before. I had always kind of experienced that tension, um, mm-hmm. which would leave me very, uh, introverted in a room, like not wanting to talk to anybody, you know, be the girl in the corner, which is really kind of not necessarily me, but I would feel that way in mm-hmm. those type of environments. And I just want to say when I was at, uh, your bliss project, which is this amazing conference that you put on every year, um, I have never been in a room like that girl, like mm. never, um, so many beautiful women inside and out. And, and again, I think they all come with a little bit of these stereotypes. Like if women are beautiful, they'll, they'll be mean, or I won't feel as beautiful as everybody else in a room. So maybe I shouldn't go or, or just all this stuff. And the love in that room was insane. Um, the openness, the kindness, the, and that is, that is something that is cure you've curated, you know, you, mm-hmm. you have really built that tribe. So tell us how that happened. Like, how did you start to build relationships and then see there's something more there? Oh girl, so much. And thank you for that. Oh my God. I was so excited to have you in that room. You have no idea. Um, I was like, she's got to get in here with all of these women. And I went alone too. You know, I think a lot of women are scared to go to things like that alone. And, um, you know, like I 
I knew you, but I didn't know anybody else in the room, you know? And so I just encourage women, get outside your comfort zone and allow yourself to be happily surprised because it really is. And I want to point out, like, that's why, Sarah, people are so drawn to you. Like you, I had asked you to come and you were like, yes, like you didn't hesitate. So I think that's the first thing that women can feel really supported by. I will tell you whenever I have um, a few women in my life or a handful of women that I just know that they're going to be like, yes, whatever you do, I'm there to support. And I'm the same with them. And if you want to have these close relationships, yeah, you have to sometimes sacrifice or go to things alone or be a little freaked out or, you know, but you show up like that has been huge for me. When women have done that for me, it's like a mirror of, oh, that made me feel freaking amazing. I'm going to do that for this next woman. Um, yeah, I feel like you have someone in your corner. Like, yes, there's just nothing better than that. I mean, when you know that someone has been there for, for you and you can be there for them, it's just like, okay, done deal. We're good now from here on out. Yes. We, are good. we will always be good. I will always have your back. It's the best million percent. And I think in the beginning, um, some women listening might feel a little overwhelmed. Like, what do I do? do I have to support everyone? Like, what do I do? Like, I'm too exhausted to even support myself right now. Number one, support yourself first. Number two, I do think a big part of supporting yourself is making sure that you are putting time and effort towards a support system. So you kind of pick like one to three women that you really either admire or who are already in your circle. Some of you are like, you know, one of the biggest things after the book was written was, I don't know where to start. I'm like, start with anyone that's, you know, you comment on your social media that you guys might have a tiny connection. Start with a friend who you feel close to, but not that close, like that you want a closer relationship. Um, Start with those people. And you could even start with a total stranger. I know that I reached out. I have stories that I reached out to like, I I don't even know how many DMs I did. I I probably did anywhere between 70 to 150 DMs, like randomly to random people in Los Angeles when I first moved here and really only got like six solid messages back out of that. So I just want to talk about the number of times you Mm. may have to reach out before you get a good connection. Um, But big deal. When you know that, you know that, right? It's just, you guys, everything is a numbers game, even relationships, dating, even finding your partner. Like it's don't take it personal. It's not you. The person you're reaching out to is like reaching out to imagine somebody reaching out to you during your busiest time. That's how a lot of people feel. They're busy. They're overwhelmed. They might think you're freaking awesome, but they don't have time for you. And here's the thing. We all have stories. So here's, here's the first thing I want to point out with women. We get so, we take it so personally when somebody doesn't necessarily want to be our friend, or maybe during this COVID time, they don't want to do a zoom once a week, whatever that looks like. You guys, they're all coming with their own set of stories. So maybe Mary that you just reached out to just got totally burned by her friend and felt like she had to be there for her friend 24 seven and got so burnt out by it that now she has walls up. So when you reach out, she doesn't think that you just want to connect once a month or to see how you can help her. She thinks that you are going to drain her just like her last friend did. we have to start looking at everybody brings all of their luggage and their backstories. First, can we understand that? Second, when someone is finally open, can we create some boundaries and agreements and conversation around what we actually expect from each other? Because we're walking into these relationships like, oh my gosh, this could be my new best friend. And when she doesn't show up to something because you didn't set an expectation that it's very important to you, then you totally get pissed, build a wall, shut her out and stop trying again. Like people, conversations are what keep 
friendships and communities going. Like we don't, in the whole, she should have known better or they should have known better. They should just be this way. Again, maybe they didn't come from a family where that was important. Maybe they came from a family where there was no expectations and no boundaries and there was no attention paid whatsoever. And they were meant to feel, you know, made to feel completely unseen or useless. So in a lot of our relationships, you guys, relationships are your biggest teachers because we use each other to learn. So we are using each other us, you know, women friendships to learn about each other, but that's not going to happen without open communication and expectations, but you got to be bold and it takes serious guts and balls to like ask and tell people how you feel and what you expect. So those are my first two major, like, if you want a relationship, you know, these really solid, beautiful relationships that you see out in the world that you think girls are just so lucky to have guys, when I have interviewed these women who have solid relationships, they are having tough conversations with each other. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Well, I love, love those tips because I think you're completely right. The numbers game thing could not be more clutch. So I hope everyone got that. It applies to everything in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other piece of, you know, if someone has manifested draining people in the past in their mm. life um, and wants to kind of shift that energy to bring in mutually caring relationships. How, you know, how do you address that? How, what, what is your advice mm. on, um, let's say the, the girlfriends that you've had in the past, though you have good times, maybe they are the ones that just need, 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 take, take, mm-hmm. take. And you really have come to the place in your life where, Hey, I need to kind of change my crew a bit. I need to up level this crew. I want, I want mutual friendships, like where we're both bringing something to the table. How do we do that? Mm -hmm. Well, this is so fun because this is the, (laughs) these are those parts that you get to look at yourself and take ownership in however the relationship is showing up for you. So if you are attracting people who are needy, which Um, this is so great because I wrote a chapter about this in my book because I was that person. Mm -hmm. Um, there is a part of you, there's a reason why you are attracting them and that they are staying in your life is because majority of the time, this is not everyone, but majority of the time it's because you are a people pleaser and your validation comes from when people like you, you want everyone to like you. And we haven't yet, you know, realized that if you are living a life that feels fulfilling to you, everyone is not going to like you. If you are living a life that is completely unfulfilling to you, yeah, you might have a whole lot of people around you who think you're great because you do everything for them, but you're actually secretly resenting them. I was so, going to say bitter as hell. You're yeah. getting more bitter by the day. <laughs> yep. So you're actually not going to be super fun to be around and you might end up driving them away anyway, or getting used even more, turning into even more of a doormat for them, which really, really sucks, but it's just the truth. So it, it was a part of me that I had to look um, at myself because I was like, I don't have any close friendships, but all of my friends think they're really close to me, but I do not feel close to any of them. And the reason for that was when I really, really started to analyze it, I was like, oh my gosh, I, whenever I'm with them, I am constantly coaching them 24 seven. And I was like, I don't think they even ask about me. And I realized, (laughs) yeah, they're, they're, they're asking in the beginning, like, Hey, how are you? But it's, it's always, here's what I do. I'm fine. (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. How are you? Yep. And then I, I don't let, I don't take that space for myself to say, Hey, I could really use your opinion on this or, Hey, I could really use some help. Like I'm not speaking up for myself. I'm never getting vulnerable enough to share because I fear vulnerability for fear of ab- abandonment and getting those things that I share used against me. And that was my truth. I was like, you know what? I'm never actually doing the things that help people connect by getting vulnerable enough. So what I am doing is I'm playing the martyr and I'm avoiding that conversation and avoiding speaking up for myself and avoiding taking that space and that time and asking for what I need. And I was just coaching them because I was getting my validation from feeling like I could help people. And I realized I, I was avoiding people that I believed I couldn't help because I thought that I wasn't good enough and I wasn't validated and I wasn't smart enough if I couldn't help you. And I didn't want to be your friend because it made me feel small. So there were so many things going on that when I started to realize, you know, some of the people did leave that like I was just coaching and felt like they were using me and things like that. Yeah. Some of those things were very valid. They were people who were kind of sucking your energy, but one of them turned into being one of my very best friends because she was like, Oh my God, why don't you say something? Like I, she always felt like she couldn't help me because I was never speaking up. Uh, So it completely shifts. You know, when, when you change the way you're showing up, everything changes around you. So yeah, some things fell away and it sucked. Um, but other things, and it's not fun when they leave, but I'll tell you what, like you feel free and you start to like your life. Yes. Lighter, supported, loved, like all of the things. So taking ownership. And the universe always seems to deliver the next really good, solid relationship or, um, the person that you, you needed in your life, at least in my experience, whenever I've mm-hmm. gone through what I call change your crew, which is a time <laughs> I love that. You know, like, let's just sift out a bit here. Um, and I would say in the first, I don't know, like six, probably about six years of, um, being on my own, I went through that a good three different times because a lot yeah. of that was me just figuring out who I am, what my life's going to be, whatever. Um, and then I would say for the last five or six years, it's been really solid because it was very intentional, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and to your point earlier, who do you spend that energy on? Can we talk a little bit about that? Because, um, I think if, if maybe you have attracted you know, either people who are sucking the energy out of you or mistreating you or whatever, um, you might not necessarily trust your intuition, mm-hmm. uh, or your, your ability to read, whatever you want to call it, uh, when you meet somebody new. So how do you, do you have like a, you know, any type of ways that, that mm-hmm. helps you decide when you meet someone, yeah. like, Hey, this is someone I really want to foster a relationship with or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what has really helped me is to, when I start to feel an old tendency come up. So something that I used to do a lot um, was, you know, when people would come into my life, let's say we go to lunch um, and I I immediately am like, oh, I'm going to pay for the lunch, like, because I want them to like me and I want to make a good impression. So, So I would start doing opposite things that were still like loving and, you know, being kind, but I wouldn't. Like, I'd be like, no, I'm going to hold back and I'm not going to offer to pay for lunch right away. Right. I'm going to, we're just going to go have these. Like, so when they put their credit card down, I'm going to, you know, or I'm going to put my credit card down or be like, do you just want to like, let's split it or whatever. Yep. You know what I mean? So I start, and that felt horrible to me because I was like, oh, I want them to like me. I want to make this great impression, whatever. So I'm like, 
should we just go have these and put your card down? So I yep. started going against different things because I'm like, if this person really finds me just valuable for me, I won't have to do those extra things. So I had this other weird thing, which is not weird at all, but it was like, I would want to give them things. Like I'd want to buy them things and I'd want to like give them my things. And so I would like, especially as it started to progress, like I'd want to buy them little gifts. I resist that so much for like the first, I don't even know, three to six months or something. So smart. So smart. Yeah. I'm like, you don't have to give so much to be valuable. Like I'm valuable just by listening. So the opportunity to reveal themselves. Yes, totally. Like don't give yourself away. Don't, don't, it's like all of those stories play in your head after you realize like maybe it was just a relationship that you needed for business. Maybe it was just a passing relationship where you guys both got to enjoy two lunches and that was it. Like we don't have to get so bought in and like immediately, um, you know, immediately with a lot of women, we want to be like, is this my new best friend or what is this going to look like? Like, We want to know right away. Instead, like, just be really present. It could be like a beautiful moment in time that you're sharing. And I have to resist the urge to like, want to be certain or to want to know, does this person like me? So I try to go against the urges of like, even if it's, you know, you don't have to tell them everything right away. Like definitely try to connect and be vulnerable, but you absolutely don't have to go and be like, um, you know, it's, it could just be a couple great lunch dates. So I try to resist my normal urges of like trying to make them like me. And you guys know what they are. Like you're sitting there and you, you might be doing something where you're like, Oh, you know what? I'm going to be doing this and you should come and you should like, no, you don't have to do that all right, right now. Like I have this event, you should speak there. I used to want to do that all the time. Yeah. No, no, no. Breathe breathe through it. Like settle down, breathe. (laughs) Yep. Settle down and just wait, especially let it unfold. Absolutely. If you attract energy suckers, you need to hold the reins. Like you need to hold back sister friend. Do not give it all away. Oh my God. That's such great advice. So then once you, you know, once you've got to that level, you maybe had a couple great lunches, really good conversations. You feel like you're, and I think what's so important about that advice you just gave, um, you know, do things like go have these. If you're a person who gives, 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 and then realizes, you know, down the road, they become, people who take, 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 right? Yeah. So that's a great way to kind of vet a little bit. Um, and, and just know people are there for the right reasons, right? Um, Mm -hmm. or get to know that first. Yeah. Uh, but let's say you've gotten there, you, you feel like you're on level playing field. Cause that's one of the things that happens really quickly with actions like that. Like if one person is doing more right off the bat, it's almost, I feel like it's almost always going to be a lopsided friendship in some way, you know, I agree. Like it, it's, it's going to be almost awkwardly lopsided for both of you for different reasons. Mm-hmm. So that's really great advice to just set a level playing field so that you can both grow together. Um, and mm-hmm. one isn't like I'm here and you're there, whatever the case is. So, so let's say we've met that person. Things are, you know, we really love hanging out. We have a good time. Um, like-minded, all those good things. How do we get past that superficial? I know you talk a lot about that in the book, a Tribe Called Bliss. Can you share a couple tips on, on once we've kind of gotten to know someone, like how do we get past that kind of awkward stage of let's not be superficial anymore. Let's be like 
real friends. Yeah. Oh my God. It's so weird. It's just like dating. Like, don't be fooled. Friendship is literally like dating a lot of women um, or whoever you want to be friends with. So, <laughs> um, so it, it is kind of like, you know, cause we do have these backstories, right? So it's like, you're kind of doing this dance and we're putting different things out there and seeing what lands, but um, there's no way to get past the awkward point without being really awkward is what I've realized. So <laughs> I think you just have to, you have to put yourself out there. It's like, it's just like dating. Like when you start to like someone and you guys, you're like, you know what? I want this to be like, they, they mean something to me. You kind of have to tell them like, um, you, it's not tell them, but you can ask like, uh, you know, for some of my friends, we wanted to, I was craving deeper relationships, like deeper connections where I could have conversations that I wasn't even necessarily having with my husband. Right. Like I wanted, I wanted to analyze things. I wanted to like go, um, I, I wanted to talk about some things that had happened in my past, like maybe not right away, but I wanted to start creating those relationships. So with a couple of my girlfriends who I did not know very well, um, I was like, you know, I'm like really craving a group of women that we can just kind of talk about the tough stuff or like go a little bit deeper or really support each other. Like whatever we need, like nothing crazy, no crazy expectations. Maybe we just connect once a month for an hour. We time it. So nobody like has to, you know, have any plans canceled afterward because it goes over or anything like that. Yeah. But maybe a safe space where we kind of ask each other deeper questions and just support each other on whatever we do. Like we choose this group of women and these are the women that we're going to kind of do the little bit of an extra mile for each other. Like we, you know, equal energy exchange. Literally, those are pretty much word for word what I said. And I wrote it and I wrote scripts in my book if that's something that you want to do because I don't know about you, but I, I used to do sales and like before I did sales, I had no idea how to sell. And you guys, all you're ever doing is selling yourself. So until someone showed me a sales script, I didn't know what to follow. So I wrote scripts on like, hey, this is actually a really good of flow that. of how of to that. get deeper friendships. Because if you've never seen it, you're not going to know. So it's, it's definitely conversations that I have had that I've written in the book that have worked, um, you know, and sometimes they don't work. So this is not like a hundred percent guarantee whatsoever. You will get hurt. You will get hurt again, but it's like, that is so worth it. That'd be like me telling you, yeah, you know what? The first guy you're going to date, it's going to be awesome. You're going to be married. It's going to be great forever. Like, no, it's going to require so many tough conversations to get to the work best on both parts, parts of life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Commitment on both parts. Yeah. So what should you do if you start to feel like, um, someone is either taking kind of advantage of you is maybe there for the wrong reasons, um, or it's shifted and it's really an energy drain to be around them. So there's a couple of things. Like if it's, if it's starting to shift, um, really again, what I always do is like, what was my role in the shift? Did I not communicate an expectation that I had? Are they shutting down or am I shutting down? Is there something that's going unsaid that's separating us that we're building stories on? This actually just happened with me and a friend. She called me yesterday. Um, so I'm living it right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we had a great, tough conversation. Um, Tim, this quote, I just have to tell you, Tim Ferriss says, um, your success will be dependent on the number of tough conversations you have each and every day. 
And I think of that all of the time because I have a tough conversation pretty close to like every day working with a team or, or wanting close relationships or, you know, my husband and I are super close and we work together. You can imagine like we have tough conversations every day. Yeah. Um, so, but they get easier, right? Like the more you do them, it's like, okay, tear off the bandaid, tear off the bandaid, tear off the bandaid. Because if you don't, like you're, it's going to be a raging forest fire that you are never going to be able to control if you don't like blow out these little matches every day. So I, you know, I think that the first thing you're going to do is if it's a person who's worth it, right? If you're like, whoa, we had something really good, like what happened? That requires a conversation. If it's a person where you know your relationship has reached its expiration date and it's like, no matter what we do, I really think this is not going to work because they're going a different way or they're not willing to work on it or they're not willing to have a tough conversation or take ownership on their part. Like if maybe you're working with a complete narcissist, I can't tell you that's worth it. Um, So in that case, I kind of let things, you know, die slowly and start saying no or setting boundaries. Um, And if they say something, that's when a conversation can come into play. Um, But there's going to be relationships that aren't completed in the way that you want. Um, you know, and you're going to have to learn how to complete yourself and let it be okay that that ended in a way that you didn't want because they weren't willing to listen or understand or whatever that looked like. But in the end, you have to do what is right for you. And when you do that, the right people will show up. Yeah. And each one is such a learning experience, right? And such a growth experience and is going to change future relationships and even improve the current ones that you do have. So um, I love all of that so much. And guys, you've got to go get uh, the book, A Tribe Called Bliss. Um, so Lori, I would love to talk about what you've been working on um, the last year, maybe a, a, even a little bit longer, because I'm so, so needing this for one thing. <laughs> so, um, fascinated by it for another. So I'm, I'm at your event, um, The Bliss Project, and I'm just wowed, right? Because it's freaking beautifully put on. You have great speakers. The energy is insane. Um, and then now you're, you're teaching women like me and, and other women who are out there who are, um, doing live events, doing conferences, things like that, how to do it. Can you just, how did all that come about? Are you talking about the alcohol company or event love? Uh, event love. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Then we'll get into the drinks girl. (laughs) Okay. Event love. How did that all come about? Um, Oh man, I just, you know, I had gone to so many events where I left and I left, um, like after attempting to connect with a bunch of different women, I just pretty much left, um, a little too drunk and a little too full on cheese and snacks and with no, (laughs) and totally feeling empty on connection. So, um, I, you know, I'd sit in the car and be like, damn it, that wasn't worth it. And I ate my face off because I was uncomfortable and I'm like super buzzed and I'm, you know, bummed, like I didn't get the connections I wanted, but I definitely got the cheese and wine. So (laughs) like I could have done that at home with like a friend or something. And I was like, there's got to be a better way. Like we are in the land of opportunity when we're at these events, right? Like I believe when we're in a room full of women, three or more that we have connections, like we're probably one person away from every single answer and conversation and connection that we want. I know that I believe it. I've seen it happen over and over and over when it's facilitated in the right way. So event love came because I was like, we can't keep having these events or these get togethers or these, you know, these girls nights and not use like the, 
like get the diamonds that are get to the meat of it. Yeah. Yes. So that's why event love came about is it was like, I, we wanted to Lindsay Schwartz and I wanted to teach women how to have true like events where you truly connect and get what you need when you leave, like to make those connections worthwhile and to how to like truly get intentional with what you're doing. I, I love that. How, how do we do that now? <laughs> the big mm-hmm. question, right? Um, yep. COVID just threw a curveball uh, to a lot of us. I'm perfectly optimistic and I'm going to defiantly remain so that yep. every day we're getting one step closer to whatever our new normal will be. Um, and I fully believe that we will be back in rooms like that and feeling the love and um, connecting in person and all that soon. Um, but for now, what do we do both? What do we do for, for larger connections, um, like that, maybe business owners who are listening who like myself, or, you know, I'm pivoting live. (laughs) People are watching Mm -hmm. live. I had to take my, uh, tour, which I wound up having to cancel half the tour. Um, and you know, doing a virtual version, it's learning as I go, you know, all that stuff. Um, so yeah, are there any, any things that we can do now or tips that you can give for, how we can continue to stay connected. Mm -hmm. Um, I love that. I'm the same exact way. I will, I don't care what happens. Like we've had some crazy stuff happen in our life. My husband and I actually, um, I'll just share back in 2007, 2008, we lost our home. We lost our cars. We were $300,000 in debt. Like I've been here before. So I'm like, okay, that's the one thing. Rock bottom is like, eh, this is just another thing. Yeah. I realized why am I not stressed? Oh, I've been through much worse many times. Okay. Yeah, you, you've got some tools. So for the yeah. people who maybe are experiencing this for the first time, yes. I feel you. I literally like, I know what that can look like, but you're only like, I know what that can feel like, but your only option like to get out or get through is to number one, feel it. And number two, only look for opportunity, like Mm -hmm. only look for how you can pivot, only look for the silver lining because if you even sit in the why, why is this happening? Why did this happen to me? Why is my luck like this? Like that you're only going lower. So if you want to start going up, you have to sit in the what, what can I do the what and the how, right? Like, what can I do? How can I pivot? Um, what are my skills? What do people look to me for? How can I be a light? Like all of those different things and ask yourself that question 5,000 times a day. I'm not even kidding. Like, do not look to the news. Do not be like, you have to stay positive. So yeah. I'm glad you're all listening to this podcast because this is definitely exactly get tools. Yes. So I mean, I feel like we are going to hear so many amazing stories. I think we all kind of know this. Um, amazing stories came out of the 2008, 2007 stuff. I lost my house during that too. That's mm-hmm. when my marriage fell apart and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I just look at this like, oh, this is a diamond maker, man. Like mm-hmm. this is going to make diamonds out of anyone who wants to find it, you know, anyone mm. who find what their passion is, um, what their purpose is. They now a have the time. I mean, hello, that's why we're on this podcast. Like it's yeah. something I want to do for two years and have been intimidated by or put off or said, I didn't have the time. And you know, this dropped in my lap where it was like, okay, Sarah, if you intentionally ignore it now, I have no hope for you, <laughs> you know, like it got mm-hmm. to that point. I feel like sometimes if we don't take those opportunities, the universe is like, listen, 
I don't even know what to tell you. <laughs> like, oh yeah, trying to give you everything you need. Um, and so that's honestly why I was like, okay, then this is the time. I know that if I continue to ignore this, that I'm really making a huge detrimental decision. Um, and and why am I being silly? Like, let's, mm-hmm. let's you know face that with courage and just move forward. So. I think it's so important for everybody out there to be like, what is, what is my diamond? Like, how do I find mm-hmm. it? You know? And- oh my God. I love that diamond making moment. That is, that is so good. Like this, it truly is right. It's like a pressure cooker Fine. and Fine. you can either look at it like I, I'm going to be a soggy carrot or you're going to be a diamond. Like, what exactly. are you going to do? For Let's sure. Some things we- that people can do. Cause I don't think I even answered it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Some things that people can do is, um, you know, in a totally shameless plug, but that's why I wrote that book is because it's a guide to how to connect. Like my best friends in the world are not near me. I don't get to see them hardly at all. One's in Costa Rica, one's in Colorado, one's in Phoenix. Like we connect online and we literally do the things that are in this book. So it teaches you the amount of time, how to set it up, how to ask, like who you should ask, what it looks like, what questions to ask. So um, I always recommend like every other week so that it's something that you can actually keep up with um, and connecting for an hour and just being like, hey, let's blame the book for the awkwardness. Like let's a- answer these I love questions. It. You set a timer, um, all of the things. And I'm telling you, the the groups of women that I have seen come from doing this book, like they are ride or dies. Like I am not kidding you. And the, the amount of success in the last year that these women have had from going through this book together and implementing the things like there's one woman whose business is literally like she will be people will know her name and it's she literally traces it back to um uh doing the book with this group she's like that's what was missing for me is i just needed a tribe of women who believed yep. in me no matter what like they brought you know, they went through divorces together. They went through launching brand new businesses to bringing them to like seven figure businesses in Amazing. seriously in a very short amount of time. Just that's not me. That is them together. That is them learning how to support each other. So I just think when we learn how to truly support each other and we're there for each other, no matter what, and we show up to those calls, like you guys, I still do my call. It's the fifth year that I show up every other week at 6 45 a.m every other Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. 645 you guys AM every other Tuesday that I show up to these calls. Do you think I want to show up? I did not want to show up this week. I didn't want right? to show up yeah. two weeks ago, but when I'm done, I'm floating. I'm literally yes. like levitating. Yeah. So it'd be so easy for me to cancel. It'd be so easy for me to say, I can't do it this week, but we never do that no matter where we are in the world. I love that. And this, there is literally no better time ever for women to grab this book and just put one of these groups together, you know, mm-hmm. like we have the time, the, the women who you'd want to reach out to before who maybe would not cause their plates were so insane now can find an hour. So literally it's perfect time. <laughs> this is the it's... perfect time for you to grow your tribe for you to, to create it. And I think there's something so powerful too about, um, just being able to talk through something with someone that cannot be, it's one of those things like you don't know how much um, value it brings until you don't have it. And I've lived in kind of an isolated bubble, admittedly, since my divorce in a lot of ways, because I've worked from home for eight years. Um, 
I'm a writer, so that I'm already like just on my laptop, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then I do a lot of virtual coaching, obviously. But I really had got to the place where I realized, man, I could go two weeks without having just a friend conversation, yeah, a chill conversation, or somebody that I could talk to about work things. I can't do that with, you know, when I'm coaching or clients or whatever, it's a totally different conversation you're having. Um, and so I think it brings so much value to our life. In fact, I think you cannot have a, a fully happy, fulfilled life without it. I really don't. And that's why I teach it as one of the pillars of a future board is, mm -hmm. um, one of the, every single future board has to have five elements on it. And one is relationships. And in that category, I'm adamant that women put on, and men too, whoever's doing their board, they have to put on uh, friend groups, whether they have them or don't, um, yes. so that they can manifest them and so they can really think about what is it that I want out of the friend group and why is it important to me? Because it brings so much joy, mm -hmm. you know, and so many ideas million percent. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't believe it for so long. I was like, no, no, I I'm like one of those people who's happier alone. Like I really had told myself that for so long. And I have to tell you, I was in a, I was at a retreat. It was like in Costa Rica in the jungle. And it was with this super eccentric, um, Italian guy. So we had this fantastic accent. My husband was there. We were just broken out in groups. Let me clarify. Um, <laughs> I was with this amazing Italian man in the jungle. Um, let me add some context. That was there. Uh, but he's, you know, super, like, he, almost like that type of guy who's a little annoying because he's just very, like, tells you like it is and, yeah. you know, has his opinions. And I'm broken out in a group with him for this group exercise. And it was like, you know, talk about how you're feeling right now. And I had told him, I'm like, you know, I really just want to like go back to my little hut. Like I don't yeah, want to yeah. be doing, I'm feeling really introverted. I don't really like doing this stuff. And he goes, he goes, yeah, that's just a story you told yourself from when you were little to stay safe. And I was like, what do you, I know. I was like, what do you know about me? Right. So you're just like, like shared. Yeah. Oh, I was, he just like shut me down. And it made, it really made me think like at first I was like, I'm like, I wanted to run. Right. Cause that's right. my default. I wanted to be like, you know, F you like I'm out of here. <laughs> and he called my shit. Like he literally called me on it. And I was like, he is so right. Because I remember yearning when I was little, I would cry about it. Like I wanted a best friend so bad. Yeah. And I was like, he is right. I have just done this to myself. So really look at like, are you craving, you know, they say loneliness is worse than smoking a pack of cigarettes a day. Like it's destroying our health, especially Ooh, yeah. as women. Yeah. And yeah. it shortens like, your life expectancy. Shortens your life. So it, it's like, we that. need people to yeah. just really be open to telling yourself a different story and forcing yourself to connect. Even if you're like me and you don't ever want to, I promise you it's why you don't feel super happy all the time. It's yeah. why you don't, not that you're supposed to feel super happy, but it's why you don't feel fulfilled or something's missing. And the joy. Like yeah. I really believe, you know, when I'm with my girlfriends and we were just laughing, I'm like, I, how has it been probably a week or two weeks since I laughed? Like how scary yeah. is that? Like, mm -hmm. you know, and we need it. That's the one thing um, that I hope COVID teaches all of us. I really hope that it was a wake up call because the scary thing is I have teenagers um, is that that generation, my kids' generation, middle school and, and younger for sure. We're, I feel like we're going to lose how to humanly connect yeah. forever. 
mm-hmm. forever. I mean, mm. that middle school generation, I'm speaking from personal experience, they don't, until this, they had never ca- called each other on the phone. They don't even actually text. They, they do stupid things like send Snapchat pictures of the floor. You know, so they, <laughs> I mean, like they were completely losing the ability to connect or have mm. any type of communication. And so I think that this was one of those like, hey, humanity, (laughs) check yourself before you wreck yourself because uh, this can't go on. And I know for me, it really has brought back the value of that human connection, the human interaction, a hug, right? All of those things. Mm. And I pray to God that we don't lose that after this. I hope that we keep it with us and build our lives out from that. Um, and you've given us so many amazing tools to do just that. Um, really quickly, what are you working on now, Miss Lady? I know you have Ooh. a lot of irons in the fire. You have some delicious uh, cocktail beverages you're working on. You guys do, you and your husband do an amazing entrepreneurship uh, program too, right? Oh man. Okay. I'll, I'll give you a quick rundown. So yes, we do. Um, we do some masterminds, which, you know, that's been interesting navigating because they're usually in-person events, but they are coaching as well on, on zooms every month. Um, so that one's called, uh, fast foundations. And, um, I have started an alcohol company. I'm in the very beginning phases of, uh, potentially launching now in the fall. You know, yeah, things are a little, things are a little different, but that's, I just want to point out, like, I wasn't like, oh, this has to wait now because you can't do that with anything. It's like, how does this need to pivot? So I'm really focusing on building the community. It is a light, um, female centric, uh, sparkling alcohol company. So it's like a very light rosé. Um, it's freaking amazing. Um, we also have a non-alcoholic version of the NA rosé, so you can have rosé anytime when you go. NA rosé, yes. Rosé NA time, and it's literally fifteen calories and like one that. gram of sugar. So it's freaking oh, amazing. Yeah. Um, and we are building that because we believe that we can change the conversation. Like we want to meet women where they're already at and they're connecting over cocktails, but we're going to give, uh, questions on the can pretty much like an activation on each can so that you guys connect deeper. So I'm super excited. I love that. Okay. So you, I'm going to put links here, uh, in the notes guys, uh, lauriharder.com. I'm sure they can find some of this information there, right? Is that a good place? Yeah, LoriHarder.com. Actually, Instagram is where we're kind of living right now. So just yeah, Harder and then at Drink Light Pink. Ooh, I cannot wait to try it. Thank you so much for all this gold, girl. I love you to pieces. Everybody, please go follow Lori on uh, Instagram at Lori Harder. Grab the book, get your girlfriends together, create a virtual community that can literally elevate your business, elevate your life teach those skills of building relationships that will last a lifetime. I am so honored that we got to spend this hour together. So honored that you are my friend. You're my friend. Oh my God. I just got to say, I love you. I'm so glad that you started this. If anybody needs a podcast, it's you. You are like made for this. You asked like the most amazing questions. It feels like a conversation. I know that this is going to be an epic podcast. Thank you so much. Oh my God. It's going to be <laughs> All right, girl. I love you so much. Everybody go hustle and thrive. Share this. If this was meaningful to you, uh, tag both Lori and I. We would love to get your feedback. Thanks. And uh, we'll chat again soon. Thanks for listening. And remember, if you got value from today's show, please spread the love by clicking subscribe, leaving a stellar review and telling everyone you know. And join us next time on the Sarah Centrella Show.